Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. Get back home against Tennessee, big rivalry game. Uh, Florida Tennessee is always a big game and we need a, a, a sold out crowd and got a lot of talented players. I know that maybe the season didn't start off exactly the way they wanted it to, but I think that BYU game looks a little different now, how they handled USC. You know, you look at their team and their talent, obviously, you know, I mean, and Jeremy took over trying to build, build the program up. Uh, they had a couple of huge wins at the back end of last year, um, you know, and some talented players. So it's going to be a, a, a huge challenge. And then anytime, obviously, you know, they, they, they got guys that can score on offense. Uh, they got guys that have speed on defense, um, you know, skilled players. They have really good skill players, so it'll be a big challenge for us. And anytime Florida plays Tennessee, it's always a big game. That was Florida coach Dan Mullen giving his thoughts on Tennessee ahead of the latest rivalry game between the Gators and Vols. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we will give you our five keys to the game. In the second segment, I will give you my score prediction for Florida Tennessee as well as my SEC power rankings heading into week four. And in the final segment, we'll bring you some comments from offensive coordinator John Hevesy and defensive coordinator Todd Grantham discussing this matchup with the Vols. But let's kick this off with our five keys to the game. And number one, will be protecting Kyle Trask. Number 11 makes his first career start against Tennessee on Saturday in the Swamp. And with the season-ending injury to Felipe Franks, the Gators are now down to just two scholarship quarterbacks. So it will be critical moving forward that the Gators protect Trask, not only in this game, but through the rest of their SEC schedule. We all know the struggles that Florida's offensive line has had early on this year. The one thing that they've done a good job at is pass protecting. Now, it hasn't been perfect, and there's been some plays where they miss blocking assignments and put Franks in a really tough spot. But for the most part, they've done a good job protecting the quarterback, but they have to put a bigger emphasis on it now. Kyle Trask has to stay on his feet, and he has to stay healthy for this Florida football team. And if the Gators can protect Kyle Trask, give him some time in the pocket, allow him to make his reads, then he can take it from there. He'll be able to make the throws, get some completions, and if he can do that, that's going to build his confidence. The second thing that Florida has to do is get the ground game going. This has been a weekly issue for this football team. They had over 200 yards on the ground against UT Martin, but against Miami and Kentucky, their running backs were not able to generate any production, and it's really not the fault of LaMichael P. Ryan and some of the other players at the position. There just hasn't been room for them to run, and because of that, Dan Mullen is not able to call plays and run his offense the way that he wants to. And if the Gators go into this game and once again cannot get it going with P. Ryan and company, that is going to be a recipe for failure with Kyle Trask. They have to be able to help him out by keeping the defense honest and eventually key in on the run so they can open up things for Trask in the passing game. Jeremy Pruitt saw that he can sling it in the fourth quarter, so you better believe that he's going to design a defensive game plan to take that away. The Gators had rushing success against Tennessee last year. Jordan Scarlett had 77 yards on 11 carries and a touchdown. Damian Pierce, 63 yards on seven touches, and he also scored. And you had a big 34-yard run from Kadarius Toney. Florida finished with 201 yards on the ground, and that is the type of output that they need Saturday. Someone who could help with those efforts is redshirt freshman quarterback Emory Jones. Dan Mullen has said that in addition to Trask, he plans to play Jones moving forward and have a two-quarterback system. It's not going to operate exactly like it did in 2006 with Tebow and Leak, 
But for me, the third key to the game is going to be the usage of Jones. How often is he involved? What type of impact can he make on the offense? And is there any downside to him coming in? Does he enter the game and turn the ball over? Does he come in when the offense is having a rhythm and then maybe disrupt it, make a mistake? Or is it all positive? Does he bring that running threat that everyone is expecting from him and even make some plays through the air, which he's capable of doing? I expect the latter to be the case. I definitely think that Emory Jones is going to help more than he could hurt Florida's offense. But just making sure that that two quarterback system operates smoothly and both guys can get in a rhythm, that is going to be key for Dan Mullen. The fourth key in this matchup between the Gators and Vols is who is going to step up for Jabari Zuniga. Last week, the big question marks were C.J. Henderson and Kandarius Tony. It looks like Henderson could miss the Tennessee game as well. But another top player who got added to that injury list was Zuniga. He went down in the first quarter against the Wildcats, tried to come back into the game, but wasn't able to go. And he's been questionable all this week as to whether or not he's going to play. If he can't go against the Volunteers, that's a big loss for Florida's defense, especially up front. So if he can't play in this game, the Gators need to have somebody step up in his place. I think the guy to watch out for will be Zachary Carter. He got a lot more snaps last Saturday with Zuniga down, and he did well with that opportunity. This is a guy, as we talked about earlier this week, who is a former top 100 recruit. He's had some time to develop now at UF, and this could be the year where he starts to fill his potential, and this could be a game where you start to see that if Zuniga can't go. And the final key to this game will be getting turnovers. It was something that didn't happen in the first two games. The coaches and players emphasized it leading up to the SEC opener, and they were able to deliver. You had Sean Davis come up with two picks, getting the start at safety. Kyir Elam also made an interception for the second straight week, that coming on the last play of the game. But the turnovers by Davis were huge. They changed the game, gave the Gators momentum, and put them in position to score on a night where their offense was going through all kinds of adversity. And if Florida didn't come up with the turnovers that it had against the Wildcats, I don't know if they would have been able to come back and beat them in that game. Now, the turnovers that they forced last year in Knoxville gave UF all the momentum in that first quarter. They were able to pounce on the Volunteers and jump out to a big lead. And if they can replicate that on Saturday and have it happen in the swamp with that crowd behind them, Florida's going to have a chance to get the advantage that they need. When we come back from this break, I will give you my score prediction for Florida, Tennessee, and also look at some of the other college football games in week four. You're listening to Locked on Gators, your team every day. Everyone loves the comfort of their own home, but there's nothing like going to a game and being a fan in the stands. And whether you're looking for seats on the 50-yard line or front row tickets to see your favorite band in person, Vivid Seats is here to help you. Vivid Seats is the top source for purchasing event tickets in the online marketplace. You can search for seats by section, row, and price, all in the Vivid Seats app. The in-app loyalty program, Vivid Seats Rewards, allows you to purchase tickets to any concert, game, or show and earn credit towards your next live event. Visit the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Do that and you're automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. From sporting events to theater shows, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the Vivid Seats app and become part of their loyalty program today. All right, welcome back into the show. 4-3-0 going into this game against Tennessee. The Volunteers 1-2 after opening the season with losses. They did get a 45-0 win last week. Florida also has a 45-0 shutout in its win column, as well as the comeback victories over Miami and Kentucky. I think in this game, you're going to see Florida get over the 30-point mark. I predicted them to do it last week, and if Dan Mullen had decided not to go for two, Florida would have hit 31. 
And I think that that's the number that they'll hit Saturday against Tennessee. Might have been more had Felipe Franks been healthy for this game, but I still think Kyle Trask getting the start, Emory Jones being used as well, will be a one-two punch that can have success against the Vols. For them offensively, I wouldn't be surprised to see Garantano hit a play or two in this game. And I do think you'll see the Volunteers put together some good drives. But I have Florida winning this 31-17. That's right around the odds that Vegas has them for this game. And I think the Gators will be able to cover. This game might be close somewhat in the first half if Trask and company can't get it going. I do think Florida will eventually check that last key to the game, get some turnovers against Garantano, and find a way to get a two-score lead and improve to 2-0 in SEC play this season. Now we're going to go through my SEC power rankings heading into week four. Still have Alabama at number one after a 47-23 win last week against South Carolina. This week, the Crimson Tide are hosting Southern Miss, so that should be another win for Nick Saban's team. Georgia still at number two. They got a shutout against Arkansas State, 55 to nothing. And then this Saturday, the big matchup against Notre Dame. They will host the Fighting Irish in Athens. You're going to have college game day there. So that'll be one of the biggest matchups in week four. And I do expect UGA to get the win over Notre Dame. At number three, I got LSU, a 65-14 to win over Northwestern State in their last game. And then this weekend, it's SEC play as the Tigers hit the road to play at Vanderbilt. Number four in my SEC power rankings, Texas A&M, a 62-3 to win over Lamar last week. And they're featured in another big matchup for week four. They're going to host Auburn at College Station. So that's going to be another big matchup in SEC play. And I like A&M in that game. I got Florida at number five still after their 29-21 win over Kentucky. And again, I expect the Gators to remain undefeated this weekend against the Vols. Number six, I have Auburn checking in. Last weekend, they beat Kent State 55-16. to And now they take their show on the road to A&M. The Tigers are a really talented team, especially on the defensive line. But I do think the Aggies are going to be too much for them to handle. It's always tough to deal with the 12th man. At number seven, I got Mizzou. They got a shutout last week against Southeast Missouri State. 50 to nothing. They move up one spot in my SEC power rankings. And on Saturday, they will be on the road at South Carolina. At number eight, I got Kentucky. They moved down one spot after the loss to Florida. I thought that the transfer from Troy Smith played well against the Gators. That's one of the best defenses that he's going to face this season. And I think he's going to be able to lead the Wildcats to a win this week. They go on the road to face Mississippi State, who I have at number nine. They suffered a really bad loss at home last weekend to Kansas State, 31-24. Now they got Kentucky coming to town. And maybe the Bulldogs will be able to beat the Wildcats, but I, I like UK in this game. And I like what I saw from South Carolina's freshman quarterback. I got the Gamecocks at number 10. A tough matchup for them last week with Alabama. Not many freshman QBs are going to do well against a Saban defense. Life will be a little bit easier for him this week against Missouri, but I do think the Tigers are going to get the W in that game. At number 11, I got Ole Miss. They only beat Southeast Louisiana by 11 points last week, 40-29. to And this week they'll be hosting Cal. Vandy, who I have at number 12, they were off last week. And now a big home matchup on Saturday as Derek Mason's bunch tries to get the upset over LSU. At number 13, I'll go ahead and move Tennessee up from the last spot. I'll put them at number 13. They got the 45 to nothing win over Chattanooga. And at number 14, Arkansas, they get the win last week, but they let Colorado State put up 34 points on them. They scored 55. This weekend should be another win for the Razorbacks against San Jose State. So some intriguing matchups this weekend with SEC teams. You got Georgia and Notre Dame. Auburn and Texas A&M, and obviously the rivalry game in the swamp with Florida and Tennessee. It should be a big recruiting weekend for Florida. They're going to have some official visitors in town. 
And if they can get a win against the Volunteers, it's always great to create that atmosphere for the recruits that are in attendance. When we come back from this last break, we'll play some comments from John Hevesy and Todd Grantham as the UF coordinators break down this matchup with Tennessee. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked On Gators, your team every day. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Welcome back into the show for the fans. Co-offensive coordinator John Hevesy met with the media this week, and there was a lot of things to discuss. Felipe Franks' injury, Kyle Trash taking over at the quarterback position, another game where Florida doesn't get production from its running backs, and what Hevesy cares about most, the struggles from his offensive line group. But he does like what he saw from his unit in Lexington, the grit that they showed in the fourth quarter to come back from that deficit. Hevesy spoke here about a number of those topics, and he also had some really high praise for Kyle Trask and the decision that he made to stay at Florida and how it has paid off for him. Here were Hevesy's comments this week. Coach, 19-point fourth quarter. Where's that comeback kind of rank among some of the other ones you've been a part of, especially with a backup quarterback? No, I think it's I me. Mean, we just you know, like anything. I think it, you look at the Miami game, and the season's been filled with that two or three games <laughs> being that way, which is, you know, I think that's, I mean, a little bit is just, you know, him being in there, just everyone just feeling confident in the start of, you know, and a part of that I talk about with my guys of being young early on of how fast can they adapt to, hey, what's going on? They came out a little differently. They played a lot more four down than we thought. But to me, it's how fast can we adjust to it? Yeah. You know, adjust again. You say it. And then for us, it's, you know, the first half is we just got to take care of the ball better. I mean, again, that's, that's really two of the three games that it matters. You turn the ball over early, you know, A with a sack, B with interception. That's happened twice in two or three games that really matter. And you get behind, so it's it's you know, and we got to play a little bit behind, so we keep going. But to me, just sitting there at the end, it's a great thing to watch the kids. You know, they they still believe that you're down 11, really in the same spot you were in a year ago with the same team at home, yeah. and you come back and you come back and put it together and say, okay, you know what, we can do this. We have confidence in what we're doing. Kyle walks in, you say, you know what? And I told my guys worked out. Hey, Kyle's in now. We got to do a better job for us. We got to take care of him now. You know, that's it. He's the younger guy in now, so we got to do a little. We got to work a little harder for him. Everyone's gonna work a little harder and protect him a little more. And let's and let's go win the game. Obviously, Felipe going down a real emotional moment for the team. Feel, I think so. I mean, you think guys got ignited by that? I think they did. It's hard. I mean, it's hard to judge. I mean, he's their he's their quarterback, and to me, he's their guy. He's been their leader, and that's you know, it is hard to see those things. Unfortunately, that's the second time I've seen it. Um, you know, in the last three years, but it, it's to me, it's unfortunate to see the kids. But to me, you know, it inspired them to maybe play the game for him. I don't know. I mean, not asking them, but yeah. you watch them say, "Oh crap, it's done," and we gotta we gotta work a little harder. What we're doing, and we're still behind. We gotta go win the game. How upset was the line? Uh, I really don't ask about their feelings. I mean, I have my feelings, and I care about my feelings. But they, well, what were they, yours? They know. I, again, the same thing. I, it makes me sick to my stomach, and it still does. And that, that's me. He got hit. He got hit early on the, with the fumble that we had. That was not it's just a, it's a miscommunication, which to me is, is unacceptable. Not the noise, because it's not a major thing, but just to me, miscommunication by them up front of if it's three down, four down. And that's one thing to me, them jumping in out of it. they got to be able to communicate better up front to do that. That's a, it's not that anybody got physically beat. It's a communication error, which to me is, A, the greatest thing is it's correctable. You just we got to do a better job, especially in a situation where they're moving in and out of things. And there'll be no different this week. You know, we're homes so was a little easier. You know, the transfer portal's been become a big thing the past year. What do you think about Kyle's decision to stay here? And it just it tells you who he is. It tells you who he is a character. You know, I mean, again, he, he's he's loyal to University of Florida. He's loyal to, his, loyal to his teammates, and he's a kid that again, a lot of guys have gone through that in the past because of this, the portal thing of giving guys the opportunity to run when they want to run. Again, he sat there, waited his turn, had his opportunity, and made the best of it. And I think all the credit to him, his family, and what he decided to stay. I mean, he's already graduated, so it's not even a portal. He can be a grad transfer yeah. and gone. You know, but to me, he looked, he knew his opportunity might come at one time. 
or just he's a guy that's just going to keep competing and keep competing. Not, well, it's easier to do. So, oh, sorry, it's easier to go do something else. Keep competing and get the starting job. He did it all camp. He did it all spring. You know how far he's behind? I don't know. But to me, again, he was sitting there waiting his opportunity. He had two opportunities now in two different games to play, and he's proved his point now. We're all the best to him. Like he, hopefully, he keeps doing it. To see two a guy have that, to see a guy have that attitude and approach, is that rare to find in 2019? Especially at a quarterback position? I ain't saying anything in 2019, but you hope every kid that you, you're, you're after is doing that same mentality, but I mean, obviously it's not, and it's anywhere in the world. Because it's, it's, it's easier to do something else. It's easier to go the other way. But to me, it's right to see that, and for I think everybody that's looking at that whole thing, are, first of all, here at, with our team, everywhere else, they're saying, you know what, wait your turn. You did it somewhere in high school, you did it there, but that's becoming the, that really is trickling, trickling up from high school. Yeah. Of high school and be able to transfer and, and to jump around when you're not playing, you're not doing this, I'll go somewhere else where you can play, and it's easy to start. But again, eventually in life, so I tell my kids, eventually in life, you got to compete. When you leave here, again, you can't just jump job to job because you know, your wife's got to leave you at one point because you, you got to hold the job down. So to me, you got to learn to compete. And if you want to be status quo your whole life, great. If you want promotions, don't think it's going to happen just by being there. Yeah. you got to work at everything you do for the rest of your life. Now let's hear what Todd Grantham had to say. He met with the media this week to talk about Florida's win over Kentucky, David Reese's career-high performance in this matchup against the Vols. Here's what Grantham had to say. David Reese's performance. Awesome. I mean, when you look at him, I mean, he's such a gritty guy. I mean, he's tough. He always comes to work and um, not really flashy, but steady and productive and really the leader of the team. I mean, you know, it's 21-10 to start the fourth quarter, fourth and one. And um, he does a great job, makes a play, gives our offense the ball right there. You know, after the uh, fourth down stop, gives us a little energy and uh, really played played that way the whole game. So I got a lot, of respect, a lot of respect for him. How determined you think he was? You know, when you looked at it, I think this year they were like three, four carry, you know, and when a team runs as many runs as they have, that's that's not bad. I think last year they were five, five plus. So I think that is a correlation to one um, strength, strength in the weight room with Coach Savage and, and having David back too. And then David's a very prideful guy that is very competitive and, um, you know, winning's important to him, and that's why I'm glad he's on my team. Can you kind of break down what Tennessee does offensively? Yeah, I mean, when you look at them from a quarterback perspective, uh, their approach style system, um, they, um, you know, their quarterback is going to progression read, and with the guy that they got, he really does a good job of reading that and understanding where to go with the ball. Um, so really it's a pro style offense that um, is going to throw the ball relative to the coverage and, um, you know, he's got some reads to go through. And I think the guy's done a good job with his reads. So we've got to understand that we've got to play well and be in that tight coverage. A lot of the guys today made it seem like despite their, you know, results from the first two games, these guys are the team that you have to be aware of. Why oh, yeah, SEC there? game. I mean, it's SEC. It's, uh, you know, it's Florida, Tennessee. Um, for them, it's the beginning of a new season from the standpoint of first league, first league game. Um, you know, it's our chance to play at home in the swamp in, in an SEC game. So, I mean, anytime you're playing a, an SEC game, it's a big game. So it's it's really big for us. That'll do it for this edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we gave you our five keys to the game for Florida, Tennessee. Gave you my score prediction as well as my SEC power rankings and brought you some comments from Hevesy and Grantham. When we come back on Monday, we'll review those five keys to the game and bring you some post-game interviews with Mullen and the players. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day.